Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to another episode of FN. I'm doing a podcast. I'm Curtis. Wakanda's a variant MCU grief counselor, and uh, I just John got I just uh, got off for the day and just thought I'd check in on you, see how you doing and how you living. It's Friday, so if you're one of those nine to fivers that has a Friday, Friday comes along and that's the end of your day. Have a great weekend. And if you're still grinding, uh, whether you're doing retail or not, you have my concerns and you have uh, my strength. Keep going. Uh, normally, I uh, would rant or something like that. Not normally, but recently. I haven't done this in a while when it comes to a, a movie review. I tried to do one and then it didn't work on my... Uh, for some reason, I wasn't able to get through. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, do... For the first time in a while, the review of Massacre at Central High. Uh, I don't necessarily know all the names that are involved in this, but I will give it my best and tell the story as best I can. Uh, Massacre at Central High uh, is a 1974 film that uh, came out in theaters. Uh, the story is uh, pretty basic when you think about it, or I'm not basic in that tone, but more like it's a horror film, but it's done as a done as a horror film as a horror film because back in '74. The idea and reality of that happening just didn't compute. We didn't experience these kind of things like we do now, like we started to do, started to happen in the late 90s. We didn't experience that kind of thing. But uh, the thing I'm telling you, talking about is the, uh, is the, Going to school and having to worry about some crazed gunman methodically taking us, taking your students out for whatever reason or domestic terrorist. We didn't have to worry about that in the 70s. We had other shit to worry about, like wondering if we're going to have another war, wondering if. Uh, a plane is going to be held hostage by terrorists. We didn't have drama like we have now. And in a lot of ways, I kind of miss that drama as opposed to the whiny. Somewhat wealthy dealer celebrity who wanted to play mob boss and 
for reasons I'll still never understand, he became president. But this is Massacre at Central High. Fuck that dude. This is about Massacre at Central High. I haven't done this in a while. And I hope everybody appreciates it. No, this is uh, more about Massacre at Central High. Uh, the story involves uh, Teresa, her boyfriend Mark, and his uh, best friend David, who is a transfer from another school, possibly Midwest, that uh, David decided to uh, invite to his school to transfer because it's better. And while they're there, David introduces screw it up now. Mark introduces David to the school and what's it like. This school is honestly the Stephen King School of Bullies because everyone in it to some degree is toxic or evil. Back in the 70s and even late 80s when they cast high school students in movies they more or less were in their 20s or looked like they're damn near 30. So a lot of these cast members were around that level. They were more mid-20s, late 20s, or early 20s. And uh, Andrew Stevens was one of no, one of the well-known ones in the uh, film. Uh, Jane, that's also in the film, she... Uh, I'm dying to use her name, but the woman, that woman that was cast as Jane, she was from 80s Enough. And the guy that was cast as Spoonie, he uh, was Robert Carradine from Revenge of the Nerds. But uh, basically, back to the story uh, Mark introduces David to his friends, and his friends are complete assholes. His friends actually want to look like they're going to beat him up at first because I'm like, damn, they're just kind of sizing him up. And they're kind of telling him, oh, it's a good thing you're Mark's friend and yada, yada, yada. And then uh, there's a buddy of theirs who uh, doesn't have a... There's a guy there who doesn't have a great car. And so... They decide to tease him about it. They go fuck with his car, like jump into his ride while he's uh, while he's getting ready to leave for school, leave for home, and decide to drive it around. And end up crashing it and laughing. Oh, it'll be okay. It's a piece of shit anyway. And meanwhile, David's like, "What the fuck, dude?" And Mark is. Talking to him like, well, you just got to know how school is. The guys are cool. Stop stop being a nerd and fucking things up for You got a good thing going. That's why I introduced you to this. And Dave's like, oh, well, whatever. And he starts noticing that the bullies run the school. They've got students bringing them lunch or setting the table for them to have lunch. They can have their way with all the girls in the school. 
I'll get to that in a second. And uh, Dave is not down with that. Dave is like, what the fuck? Meanwhile, Mark and his girlfriend Teresa are having issues because Teresa doesn't necessarily vibe with what uh, Mark has created and is uh, always complaining about not having time with him. He's too busy fucking around with the boys. Meanwhile, David notices Teresa and then finds out that Teresa is Mark's girlfriend. Mark introduces Dave and Teresa and David is pretty much smitten with her. But meanwhile, uh, David's buddies are doing their usual thing, being assholes. It's, it's that kind of environment. Time really doesn't progress, or time seems to progress because uh, at one point, Mark is uh, having fun with his buddies skydiving because that's what they do with us hang not skydiving hang gliding hang gliding and while they're hang gliding they uh talk about the new guy and it's a good thing he's with you because this could be different oh he'll 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 fall in line don't worry about it he'll fall in line that's David that's Mark that's Mark talking Meanwhile, Mark is nervous because he doesn't think David will fall in line. And he's also irritated by his girlfriend and her issues with everything that he's doing. Meanwhile, David is walking around looking to uh, assessing everything and noticing that, uh, Everyone is uh, really under the thumb by the bullies. They're really scared of the bullies. They clear hallways. Crazy shit. David runs into the bullies, or the Mark, Mark's friends, and uh, has a few words with them that they don't like. And it looks like it's going to get bad. And once again, Mark is trying to pull uh, things together. But David's friends have other ideas. They notice that Jane, Teresa's friends, Jane and uh, Sandy, are uh, walking around. And David's buddies are like, uh, let's take him. We can take anything we want in this school. Jane's okay. And so... They end up snatching the girls and putting them in the, uh, take them to the bathroom to rape them. Back in, back in, uh, the 70s and 80s, a lot of, uh, bullies and a lot of action movies made this the go-to, the show that a villain is bad. So these motherfuckers pull them into the bathroom. Meanwhile, 
Mark is trying to get Teresa to come home or come with him somewhere because he knows David and the boys are getting ready to tear some shit up, basically, or really fuck things up for everyone. And Teresa goes and finds... And for some reason, Mark make, makes a comment that David and his boys are having fun with Jane and their friend. And Teresa's like, oh shit, I know what that means. So she shows up to bust up the problem, to bust up what's happening, to stop her friends from being raped. David's buddies attack, and well, they not attack, they, they shove her around a little bit, and they continue doing what they're doing. But when they shove her out the room, she's shoved out by the, at the room at the same time that David happens walking by. So David leaves up ends up showing up in the room and seeing what's happening and ends up fucking them up because fuck those guys. Dave and his boys after getting their asses whipped by, uh, not David, but, uh, Mark's, Mark's boys after getting their asses whipped by, uh, David, go seek out Mark to tell him about David and how something needs to be done. They go and meet up with David in their van by the uh, beach. Meanwhile, or meanwhile, earlier, before that happened, Mark is following Teresa to tell her what happened. And Teresa's upset that David would even fight like that with those boys. Even though they were trying to help her friends out. Even though they were trying to do, they were trying to rape her friends. She was like, I don't condone violence like that. I'm sitting there thinking, well, fuck, what'd you want me to do? Fall in line like the rest of you lemmings? Because that shit don't work. And that shit should never work. Sidebar, I don't condone bullshit misogynist bullshit on that level and any asshole that thinks it's okay that you can just do whatever that you've got this power and the privilege to do whatever you're fucking you're fucking wrong and anyone that condones it and and just lets it go along are just as much of the problem as that. But anyway, Dave and Teresa take off to the beach as well. So, cuts it back to Marquis boys giving David one last ultimatum. So David goes, so David, so Mark Leaves the van to go find David. And for some reason, David happens to be at the beach because he sees his car. So, he goes over to find, uh, he goes down to the beach looking for David and finds instead David and Teresa butt ass naked 
in the water frolicking, laughing, hugging, and I'm like, okay. Mark sees this, walks back up to the beach, walks up to the the van, and uh, basically tells the boys to do whatever they need to do. It's out of my hands. And so is Teresa, apparently. So, cut to David back in his garage working on his buddy's uh, car that got totaled. And Mark's buddies show up talking shit. And David talks some shit too. And they have noticed that David, note to self, you don't talk shit when you're under a car. Especially when these, when you know these guys have done rape and who Lord knows what else they're capable of doing. That's the last place you should be talking shit. And quickly they see the jack that's under the tire, under the car, and you know what happens next. They end up put, they end up kicking the tire, kicking the jack, releasing the jack, and the whole car comes down on David's leg. They cut to the hospital where David has been. He's got a broken leg. Teresa goes to visit him, and David doesn't want to say anything to her. Mark, who took her to the hospital, is uh in the car. You'd think he'd be in there with his buddy. No. Because he feels guilty. Because it's his fault that this happened. Teresa decides to confess. Me and David went down to the beach. We got naked. We were in the water together. But we didn't make love. But we wanted to. David didn't say a whole lot. And honestly, if it wasn't for the whole... Not David. Mark didn't say a whole lot. But honestly, if this was... If if David was not in the picture at all with Mark and Teresa... Mark probably would have broken up with Teresa or Teresa would have broken up with him. Because she clearly wasn't into him at all. She was too busy bitching at him all the time. And David comes along and David is a decent guy because he's not one of Mark's friends. He's not one of our asshole friends anyway. And so I and so that happens. Now, this is where the story kind of takes a little turn. Because David ends up pretty much doing what David, I guess, there should have been a backstory. There really should have been some kind of flashback or backstory to kind of set up things a little bit better when it comes to David's motivations. Because David ends up watching Mark's friends skydiving or hang gliding. And 
Well, before that happens, he goes to the van where the hang gliding thing is at or whatever. And he tinkers with it a little bit. And then we cut to Mark's friends hang gliding. And then things go awry and then Mark's friend falls to his death. Meanwhile, another one of Mark Tassel's friends is going to take a swim into the school pool. And uh, apparently it's been designated for him too. But the janitor makes sure to leave a note that they're going to be cleaning it today. So it's empty. David sees this and decides not to... uh, Decides to tear up the uh, little note that was on the door. And Mark's friend goes into the uh, swim pool area. And dives... To his death. The way they did it was kind of cool for... Uh... For the 70s. Because... It's completely pitch black in there. He can't really see. And he goes and gets up on the diving board. And he does his, his dive. The one, the two. And then he gets ready to fall. He gets ready to basically dive into the water. That would have been there. If it wasn't for the pool being cleaned up. And just when he fall, just when he gets ready to do the dive. The lights come back on. And he realizes. Oh shit. And he dies. And suddenly all the whole school shows up. Because I guess it's the timeline is the morning. And then one of the nerds makes a comment about the bully. He was so full of life. And then suddenly the bullies are getting are getting bitched at and talk shit about. Suddenly there's this dramatic shift in things. Because both of Mark's friends are dead now. His one friend that's still around is thinking something's going on with these nerds. And that's going on. But everything starts to escalate when uh, one of David's friends, one of uh, the classmates that's kind of acting bullish, he was asking David earlier about us. Uh, shift in power when Mark's first friend was killed off and he wears a hearing aid so the gimmick on this is that the hearing aid's turned down but earlier David was tinkering with something in his garage but they didn't show what it was so when we cut to the library where uh, Mark's friend or classmate is uh, at his desk and at his uh, podium, if you will, in the library. They're trying, the students are trying to get his attention. He's not hearing it. So they decide to turn up his uh, earphones, and when they do, his eardrums blow up and he bleeds out. So while that chaos is happening, and the one of the Mark's uh, friends that was a uh, Trying to go to his, uh, no, 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 another classmate that's trying to go to his locker opens up his locker and then boom, explosion. Another one of the, uh, one that now Mark's friend who's in the who's car, he goes to go, he goes to his car to get, a, get away from all this because it's crazy. 
And just as he's getting ready to turn on the keys, boom. I mean, I'm like, shit. All this happening at once, it's just crazy. And of course, school's all let out. So the the other two nerd the other two nerds, or not nerds really, the other two classmates that aren't bullies, Spoonie and Jane and her friend, they decide to go off to the off to some hilltop or whatever and chill out while this is all crazy. And so they cut to the three of them, butt ass naked, under a tent, just smoking, drinking, and then all of a sudden an explosion happens, and they come out to see what's happening, and like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, it's a it's a rock that's above them that breaks apart and it falls. At this point, I'm kind of like, God damn. So, how did he navigate all this to where the boulder would land and he knew exactly that they were going to be at, basically, and there just happens to be a boulder over there? Oh, well, it's the 70s. So they're dead. Mark goes to find Teresa, and Teresa's kind of like, this is crazy. And then Mark starts to talk about David, how David is acting like he did back in the day. Or he kind of makes hints about it. He never goes into a full-fledged background story, and that was crazy to me. But he also says... uh, he doesn't know what Mark's going. David's going to do next, but we're going to have to stop him. So they go to his garage, to David's garage, to stop him. And David gets the best of them and locks them in the garage. Because David's plan is to go to the school and blow it up. Bottom line. That's an escalation that doesn't get explained fully. Uh, it just so happens I'm pissed off and I'm gonna do this and he picks a time to do it when they're having an alumni dance and so there's really not really students at the school are necessarily not gonna be there that caused all this that whatever it is in David's head it's the alumni. David has no beef with this alumni, but here they are. Victims to be blown up. And it always made me chuckle when I see any kind of school scene in a movie because back then they didn't have music playing. Instead, it was like direction, music playing, and people would act like they're dancing. And they would basically be dancing in the air to nothing. And it was funny seeing who was doing what because everybody was dancing offbeat and everybody was dancing any other kind of dance other than together. Meanwhile, after David's doing what he's doing, 
we cut to Mark and Teresa finding a way out of the garage and then driving to the school to stop David. Mark tells Teresa, if we get to school, David's not going to blow up the school because you'll be there and he loves you. He's in love with you. So, they get to the school and they go to the dance floor and they're looking around for David and they find David who walks up and fronts them. Uh, I'm getting ready to blow up a school. You got to get out of here. I don't want you guys to get hurt. Teresa's like, no, I'm going to dance. What you going to do? Blow me up too? David walks off and Teresa and Mark start dancing. David gets ready to walk out the door and then he realizes he can't do this. So he races down to where the bomb's at, takes the bomb, and he's on his way out. The music is playing and all the other tension with it. And he's moving as fast as he can, even though his legs all beat up. And just as he gets down the steps to get rid of the bomb, boom, explosion. Mark and Teresa are dancing and then they heard the explosion. The whole the whole auditorium hears the explosion and they go out to find a fiery husk and David basically dead. Blown, blown up. And then the music. Uh, then the credits roll. As David's fiery husk is burning. The film, from my interpretation, was pretty good. Seeing it with older eyes, I can see where it was problematic and where it, uh, a lot of spots problematic. But also where, uh, nostalgia for these kind of films, revenge films, if you will. But this one was really taken revenge to a higher level. It was funny because a few years later, and I think even the creator, the director of Heathers, brought up Massacre of Central High as one of his influences. Because the entire third act, parts of it anyway, are practically Heathers. The Heathers ending. With Christian Slater. Uh... But yeah, Massacre is a try. Normally, I go into characters and normally I make a huge effort with it. But this was a 70s film and I didn't think it needed a whole lot of direction because honestly, what off the riff, I do these off the riff. They really didn't give me a whole lot of direction. It was basic. It was as basic as I'm telling you. Well, if you little here and a uh, few things peaked around here or there. Little bits of character film, but not a lot of character film. But there you go, Massacre to High. Uh, it's on Tubi, a place where I find a lot of good film. 
a lot of cheesy 80s movies, a lot of great movies. Uh, there's an Andy Sadars film festival, film collection basically in the uh, in the uh, queue or in the uh, in the, for their list of films. There's a shit ton of Amityville knockoffs. You name it. And apparently there's a shit ton of cocaine animal films. Like, for instance, there's Cocaine Cougar now. To the, to the lexicon of cocaine animal IP that's going on. But yeah, it's on Tubi, Massacres of Dry. Check it out. This has been Effort. I'm uh, Curtis, and we'll talk again soon.